Ready? Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Pixels, a video game music podcast. This is episode 27-10. We are at the season finale of World 27. Man, Mario's getting long in the tooth. He's getting old, man. <laughs> Mama mia. Underneath that uh, that red cap is all gray. <laughs> uh, we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm not Mario. And every week we listen to great video game music from all consoles, all generations. We pick a topic, we pick some music around that topic, and we talk about the late, great TGIF um, a sitcom awesomeness. <laughs> Actually, real quick before we go on to like the general top of the show, I had a thought, and I'm curious about what you think, and also if the listeners are here, if they want to say something about it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of, maybe for the month of, I guess it would be June now, um, do a sort of legacy music hour style tribute month where all of our picks have to come from that era that they picked their tracks from. Oh, do strictly 8-bit, 16-bit? That would be really challenging for me, but I think that's part of what would make it interesting. Oh, I would love that. You know I would love that. Oh, God, that you you rule that circus. I got me, some, I'm like, whoops. I got some Master System tracks. We can... Uh, I'm like, here's another track from that game, Mario 3. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's summertime, right? So we'll do, it's the summer of, the summer of Chiptune. And or summer of sixteen bit. Yeah, summer of sixteen bit, and we'll do it out. We'll do it out in the garden. <laughs> right, that would be nice, actually. But like, yeah, like I just had that thought re- recently because I was like, it'd be interesting to try to challenge myself because I feel like I kind of cheat sometimes because due to how I do like a game review, I do a lot of game reviews and mm-hmm. stuff. Sometimes I'll be picking topics based off of games I review. Like I want to talk about this track that hurt in this game, and then I'm usually scrambling afterwards. But no, it's I think that's good though because you're reviewing a lot of these new titles or indie titles that maybe people don't know about. Oh. Um, but but yeah, uh, before we get anything else started, I also want to mention that next week we have a very special guest coming on the show. He ain't kidding. Yeah, um, Tom Salta. The composer of many, many games, Player Unknowns, Battlegrounds. And then you saw uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. Yeah, Wolfenstein Youngblood, uh, some of the Prince of Persia series, like it's a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff. So uh, we'll have him here in person. No. Uh, wouldn't that be a triple? Hey, guys, I just drove in from where I live, and man, are my tires tired. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. But big shout-outs to Nick for hooking us up with some uh, with some, some guests to come on the show. So we got a lot of good music that come, coming up for that one. And then I think a week after that's going to be our – our uh, yeah, a week after that is going to be our, our – our Patreon episode. We gotta choose a topic for that too. Well, I mean, maybe by the end of the episode, we can think of something. I'm saying I, I'm, I, the jingles episode is it's looming over my head. Is what I want to do. But for the Patreon episode, that would be ideal, right? Because then they get to watch us. I guess that is true. <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I guess then they wouldn't be able to pick tracks though. So that no, yo, yeah, yeah. Maybe we shouldn't do it for Patreon, but we'll maybe we'll record it anyway. Like, just, we'll just have to do an episode that's live specifically and say hey it's two in one month but yeah. we're picking our own track so this would be an episode where we play music that sound like commercial jingles or or sitcom jingles and then we just come up with then we do karaoke right yeah and it will be challenging because it's one thing to just randomly go oh, i'm going to say a bunch of words that beats but it's another thing we're like i'm expected to do it this is going to be a treat I know. are you going to freestyle are you going to freestyle you might freestyle once or to. twice. I've never really been one to be able to like write lyrics down. Like, okay, me, 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 me. Oh, you like, should do it. I'm going to try, but all the way down, so I was like, most of my words are going to be like, so I went to the market, bought the food, <laughs> and the food was stale. I wasn't in the mood to play a bunch of games. So okay, I okay. The guy said, get off your butt and make me some fries and rice. And he said, oh, 
That's cool. Look at you, look at you. So you have the gift of gab, and I'm gonna have to write everything down. <laughs> Man, we'll see. We will see. I'm loving like we can actually listen to the music while we're talking and everything. Now. Oh, we didn't mention for the non, you know, beginning episode, folks. This is our first episode recording in the studio since COVID kicked off. Yeah, we're. This is the fully vaccinated podcast. That is correct. Yeah. That is correct. I ain't playing games. I'll tell you right the heck, man. Like, for example, like, what was it? It came out, actually announced today when we're recording the show that uh, they were like, you know, you're officially allowed to not wear a mask out and about and gatherings and the like. And I'm like, yeah, no. Like, <laughs> like people, and like I, it's one of those things that makes it doubly interesting because I, I make the comment that I, I'm about to say in like a number of like large environments, mm-hmm. like large social media environments. And, you know, typically you get the guys that are going to laugh, react your stuff like, what a sheeple or something. But this was something that really you can't refute, which is I said, all things considered over the last flu season, this is probably the healthiest I have ever been, which means that. I'm going to keep wearing this mask at the grocery <laughs> store and in places where I'm not there to socialize, but to get something done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't had the flu. I haven't had the cold. I haven't. I the worst. The most. The worst sick I've been since COVID was a day after getting the vaccine each time. Yep. Which is kind of <laughs> which that's is like, like the rhythm of pixels difference. There, it's like. Yeah, you were fine. I'm like maybe the second will be different, Rob. You're like. <laughs> no, apparently it's been hitting everybody differently, and uh, I'm just one of the really lucky ones that <laughs> gets a horrible migraine. If it makes you feel any better, so I, maybe I have that to look forward to every year. I get a booster now, right? Well, maybe not. We'll see. I mean, they'll have more time. To do more stuff with it. Maybe they'll come up with something. Maybe they'll add some eggplant or something. I think it's up to me. I think it's up to me. Maybe you got to will it. Maybe it's all in your head too. Like you're (laughs) like, you know, I know it sounds like the most awful thing. Like maybe you wouldn't be so depressed if you stopped feeling that way. Yeah, maybe it's your maybe it's your fault, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) You just stop wanting to be sick. But like jokes aside, but also kind of joking. Like I feel like because I can't explain why I didn't get sick. So I feel like. I still say, I say, even though it might be like a 5% reasoning behind it, like the fact that I expected to potentially get sick, but I was like, the whole time I was like, no, even if I get sick, I'm going to do everything I was going to do. Yeah. I'll just be sick while I'm doing it. Like I was going to go to the gym with a migraine and everything. I didn't care. I know. I was going to, I was going to play DDR and be like, all right, I'm just going to do it. My arm's going to be fine this time. I'll be able to, no, none of it was fine. I I think there's something to your blood type because really early on, they talked about how some, some people with rare blood types like yours are, are, are less affected by, by mm-hmm. the virus. They're less affected, yeah. That yeah. make that would make sense, too, because I mean, I've been putting this blood to use this entire process. Like, I donate blood constantly. Like, heck. And I'm going to just say this now and also say at the end of the episode because I've just thought about there's my end remember is uh, blood is in terribly low quantities. Like, even mm. if like, they've been haaunting me, almost haunting me on the phone. Hey, Pernell, yeah. could you come in and donate? Okay, guys, I'll be in on Saturday. They're the next drain three you, man. days. Hey, man, are you coming in? Like, I told you I'm coming in. Leave me alone. Like, they're they're going to drain you. They're going to take you apart to get all of your <laughs> It's like, ram. So uh, Pernell's a universal donor, just to, if anyone wants to know. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they, I've donated. Oh, now, now, I'm uh, up to three gallons of blood donated, over three gallons. Now the whole internet knows. They're going to come after you. Like a vampire. Yeah. Vampire Mr. Burns is listening I, I, right I'm now. A, I'm a big fan of video game music and blood. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? I donate blood. All right. So um, the topic is something you've talked about for a while, and it's been on our list. And to be perfectly honest, we may revisit just because we've got more to plow through on this. But the topic is the major arcana. So for folks who aren't familiar with them but know video games, think about Persona. Think about... Uh, Tactics Ogre, 
think about Magical Drop 3. <laughs> For those who don't know about those games, then, well, this will be fun. The Arcana basically factor into tarot cards. And though I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm an expert at the whole concept, tarot cards are typically oh, used by... I just went Earth... I just did the elements. Oh, this is going to be... Are you serious? I'm so totally serious. This is going to be hysterical. I really screwed that up. <laughs> Maybe the next episode we should do elements. And I'll Arcana pick elements and you'll do Arcana. And elements. Do like... Well, we'll have to do is we'll have to do a follow-up episode. No, 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 where no, 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 no. I can make this work. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's going to work now. We're good. Just I think it'd be funny if it was like, hey, the next episode will be elements, but then I'll pick stuff from the elements and you'll pick major arcana. No, no, I can do this. I'm going to make it work. All my tracks, they'll fit. They'll fit. This is going to be funny. So, know that Rob is going to retrofit all of his <laughs> element-based tracks around tarot. Yeah, but, I can do it. I can do it. But tarot cards essentially are like cards that are used by. I guess a lot of fortune tellers will use them too, but they use them in a draw manner to kind of try to lay out like your path, I'll say, like your karmic path, mm-hmm. uh, you know, positives, negatives about your life. So, for example, I'm just making this up because I'm not remembering off the top of my head, but like I may say draw the fortune, wheel of fortune card, but I drew it face down. Mm-hmm. That means that it's a negative impact of what the wheel of fortune card represents for you. So it might be like, hey, uh, you are coming into a scenario where you are going to be caught up in a recurring, mm-hmm. like a recurring act of negativity that you need to break out of. But I'm warning you now, that's where you're leading to. So we'll talk about those more as we get in. But as far as they go and the things we might be choosing from, there are, these are the following, these are the major arcana tarot cards. Are you going to read through all 21? I'm just going to read them as I see. It'll go quick. <laughs> the Fool, the Magician, the High Priestess, <laughs> the fun. Empress, the Emperor. Uh, how many Therapist. more are left? <laughs> Stop, you. The Lovers, Chariot, Strength, Hermit, Wheel of Fortune, Justice, Hangman, Death, Temperance, the Devil, the Tower, the Star, the Moon, the Sun, Judgment, the World, and the Snickers Bar. Oh, God, I love that one the most. Um, so... I only read those off very quickly because I didn't want to drag us down, but just to basically say we could be picking something based off of any of those tarot cards. And admittedly, like I said, I want to revisit this down the line. One, because there's other options. And two, because I feel like I winged the living daylights out of some of these where I'm like, that sounds right. Oh, you winged it. I just picked other tracks. Anyway, these tracks are good, though. I stand by these Uh because we're going to... This first track, we're going to really take the energy of this episode and just sort of slow it down. This is the most, this is the chillest track I've heard in a long time. This is from Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future, for the Sega Dreamcast or for the PlayStation 2. It's already going to be hilarious to kind of retrofit this in. <laughs> the track is uh, called Up and Down and it's the lake. It's the first area of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the composers in the game are Tim Fallen. Okay. And Attila Heger. Now, Tim Fallon's credited for doing the in-game music, and Attila is credited for doing uh, the cinematic music. So, although this sounds cinematic, this is in-game music. So, I believe it's Tim Fallon. And there's some guitar in there too, which makes me think that it's definitely him. Oh. Um, and this is for the world arcana. Okay. Okay. Because the world is all about adventure, ex- exploration. <laughs> okay. And Echo. I think it's Ray. <laughs> Echo gets right. Echo travels, man. He has to save, or she. Echo is saving the world, all right? One, he travels the tides of time 
and maybe space. I don't know. Maybe I, there's a space I, version. I, I think if there's one arcana for Echo, it's the world, okay? <laughs> or maybe maybe the hangman. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> still so funny. Like, I thought it was the elements. For I know. I totally just wrote the elements down. All right, so here we go. This That's why when you showed up, I was like, which ones did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> There's not many elements. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. Uh, this is uh, Up and Down in the Lake from Echo the Dolphin for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Tim Fallon.
I give it nine out of ten stars. I give Echo two out of two flippers. <laughs> There's a lot of flippers. <laughs> You're listening to Up and Down and The Lake from Echo the Dolphin, Defender of the Future for the Sega Dreamcast, composed by Tim Fallon. I really love this song. I listened to this like three times today because it was so chill. It's extremely atmospheric. Yeah. I am a fan of atmospheric tunes, but I gotta, we got we to gotta wrap that up because it's time to get to the interesting part of this. Why I chose the world? Well, that for sure, but also <laughs> I'm assuming you originally chose this as oh, water. water. For uh, the clearly, elements. clearly water for the elements, yeah. But um, no, the, the, the description of tarot is um, a, a voyage, a route, or emigration, mm-hmm. flight, or a change of place, right? Okay. And an echo it travels through time. He travels the oceans to save the world. I think he's on a voyage. He's on a journey. He's on a journey. Yeah. World so, seeker. So... I flip the card and I see Echo the Dolphin. And they're like, yo, what's up? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I can't even do the Echo voice. I can't even do a dolphin voice. I don't have a voice for that. I want to say I started this one um, ages ago. Like we were in like like the first one or two years in the condo. I think I, I booted this guy up and I didn't get very far. And it was like the first Echo for the Genesis where like I swim around and I'm like, great. What's next? I have no idea. <laughs> I feel like Echo is one of those games that I think would be get an awesome re- retelling. Mm-hmm. So... Like, there's been two games that have come out over the last, like, ten years. Um, Astro, Astro Aqua Kitty and Aqua Kitty DX Milk Scavenger. <laughs> or Milk like milk Excavator, whatever the heck it's called. And I feel like that art Those style aren't real was, games. No, they're real games. I actually reviewed Astro Aqua Kitty a couple weeks ago. Like, uh, but I think the art style for those two games would be very fitting for an Echo the Dolphin reboot. Oh, yeah. Especially Astro Aqua Kitty because you just, like, you pile a submarine through a bunch of underwater caverns. Okay, so, yeah, it's in a 2D mm-hmm. thing, too. Oh, I have seen this. Okay, this reminds me of a Genesis title. It was a late, late era Genesis title. I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll find it later. I don't want to look it up now. But I did recently play, because it was free through the PlayStation Network, the, um, the game Absu which was like a, a deep sea diving adventure. Mm-hmm. And that that made me, re, that reminded me of Echo, like really hardcore. That's why I like Because you're just, it's just swimming and exploring and you're sort of like saving wildlife. There's like a huge shark that, um, that gets trapped and you save it and it follows you around. It's really neat. That's usually the opposite of what happens when you rescue a shark. <laughs> well, I mean, when you first encounter the shark, you have these little robots with you and then it, it eats the robots. And you're like, oh, I got to watch out for the shark thing. And then um, later on, you realize that I think you or your race of people have kind of screwed up the planet mm-hmm. and you're helping it. You're helping the water come back and you're helping the wildlife come back. Oh. Um, but like the way it was, the camera was fixed in a lot of places and it was, it was really cinematic in that way that um, that journey was. So I felt like it was easy to navigate and I didn't get sick playing it. So I think an echo game in that, in that fashion and that style would be really nice. That would be cool. We already had Maneater, so we know if they could do Maneater like that, they could easily do something lighter like Echo the Dolphin. Yeah, I think they could make it... I mean, I guess the whole thing with Echo is that like there's no dialogue, right? Or there's no real dialogue from Echo. Echo is... I feel like he was the player avatar, but all the other um, underwater creatures did speak. Yeah, they could, you could hear them talk, and I kind of like that it was text, because then you can kind of imagine him speaking telepathically mm-hmm. to these other animals. 
But yeah, like they would want you, the game would want you to feel more like a dolphin and not like a, a, a dolphin that's behaving like a person. If you know what that. If you've yeah, watched yeah. The Simpsons, you know what he's talking about. No, <laughs> I've watched The Simpsons. But I don't know. The Halloween episode where all the dolphins came on land and kicked the humans out. Oh, of that's the ocean. right. For so, oh wow, in my mind that was a Family Guy episode. <laughs> Honestly, it could have been. It could have been. It would have been, been, been a Family Guy like retros, but like remember that time the dolphins came and sent us back to the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> this microphone is weird, man. It like, it, like it got working again, then it got real quiet. Anyway, um, I hope you enjoyed that one. That was like my little chill way to start the show. <laughs> and now I know a game that's called Astro Aqua Kitty, which looks amazing. It's a cool game. Yeah. All right, so what's your first pick going to be? All right, so fun fact about all of my actual tarot choices, I did base the actual tarots that I went to seek tracks for off of some of my favorite characters from Magical Drop 3. So there's oh, okay. that angle. Yeah. And, the, and the characters of Magical Drop are from the Arcana, right? That's right. They're that's all co- major Arcana. Oh, correct. Yeah, they are all major Arcana characters. I like that. So... That's where I shot from, and then the game I tried to make a general sense based off of like base characteristics on the tarot. So, the first one I'm going to go with is the Empress. Uh, the Empress was awesome in Magical Drop Three. She did the whip thing, and she was one of the only characters that sent like thick blocks of ice down as counterattacks. Um, and the track that I chose comes from the game The Liar Princess and the Blind Prince for the Nintendo Switch, and the track title is called Creamy Cotton Road. Composed by Yasuyuki Yamazaki. Welcome back. You're listening to Creamy Cotton Road from the game The Liar Prince and the Blind Sorry, The Liar Princess <laughs> and the Blind Prince composed by Yasuyuki Yamazaki. That's kind of a mouthful, right? Yeah, it's a <laughs> yeah. it's a lengthy title. Um but <clears throat> I thought it would be a good opportunity to bring reference to both this track or rather for that matter the OST cuz the entire OST is really good for this game. And also just bring up this game because I never hear anyone talk about it. I've never heard. I've never heard of this one. This was on the DS. On oh, no, Nintendo Switch, a I Switch. Think the Vita got it too. Um, I'll talk about the game in a second. But so the idea by me choosing this was like so the, I went with the Empress, and the references meant by the Empress in the upright form refers to femininity, beauty, 
nature, nurture, and abundance, whereas the reverse form is a creativity block and a dependence on others. So this game covers a number of these things, actually. So in regards to this game, the premise is that you will start, you're, you're a wolf, a wolf who just likes to sing at night and <laughs> is a prince that lives in a far off kingdom who came to hear the voice and wanted to come see who was singing. And every once in a while, the wolf would like notice and then like freak out because she was like scared. The prince would see her and like Mm -hmm. get scared. So she'd run away. But one night the prince caught her off guard and came while she was singing. And when she noticed the prince listened, she reached out to stop him from looking at her. But she's a wolf. So she accidentally scratched his eyes and sent him flying back, which in turn injured and blinded him. His family then this is this is an interesting story. So his family ashamed of his new condition actually locked him away in prison so that the public couldn't see him like out of the public eye wow so they imprisoned him and the princess the wolf felt really bad about that so what she ended up doing was she went into the woods and found a magic witch that she hoped could cure the prince for the damage that she caused to him but she knew in order to go to the prince and get him to her she had to be in a more acceptable form. So she gave her voice up a la Little Mermaid to be transformed into a human girl Mm -hmm. so that she could in turn lead the prince from prison to the witch's house. This this sounds like a a story, like an ancient story, like like a fable. It's a wonderful narrative. That's cool. So it's like it covers the idea of dependence on others because the prince is blind and injured and in turn Mm. is relying dependent on the wolf prince, the wolf to get him to the witch and out of prison, of course. Femininity because the wolf wants to be accepted by this prince. So she has herself transformed into a sort of like like, a beautiful feminine girl so that they can connect Mm -hmm. in that way. Nature, of course, because you're running through the force and whatnot, and abundance because I feel like saying the word abundance again. Yeah, um, it's just <laughs> it's an interesting concept there. Like I could go deeper in like the idea of how this whole thing works. Well, there's a lot of transformations. Like the 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 princess is transformed into being blind. Mm-hmm. The wolf is transformed into a princess, but without the voice. So mm-hmm. she's transformed into being a person with no voice. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What's the, what is the gameplay like? Is it, is it like a uh, you have to like puzzle puzzle it's, style? It's puzzly. So yeah. like it's 2D. It sounds like it would be is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, it's definitely puzzly. Like you're just 2D mm-hmm. and you're basically guiding the prince through different environments and there's certain things that the prince can't do. And another trade-off is that the side effect of the curse the wit- what that the witch does to the girl or the wolf rather is that Whenever she's exposed to the moon, she reverts back to being a wolf. Oh, cool! So there's certain sections where you where you have to become a werewolf to do dirt and certain like physical things, like fight all like spooky monsters in the woods or whatever. But then you become a girl to do other things, like mm. grab his hand and take him away and move him. Right. But you can't be exposed to him as a wolf. So if, I'm assuming like there's there's like there's areas where you're, like you um might come across like moonlight and you have to get him through in a way that doesn't require you to cross through the moonlight. So it's like interesting stuff like that. That's cool. It's like, and I like the idea. It's like you pretty much like you said. It's very fairy tale esque and mm. the telling of the story. I wish it was in a format on a system I could play it on. Maybe it's got a Steam version. Yeah, maybe. That's that really cool. Yeah, it actually has like a storybook look to it in the in the gameplay. In the version I purchased, actually comes with like a, if I remember correctly, like a diorama that it's a <laughs> diorama. That's incredible. Oh wow. 
All right, let me mess up the show, all right? <laughs> <laughs> How would you do that? Um, by saying um, my next track. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this will be fun. Here we go. I, I can't believe we haven't played this, this song before. We've, we've played a lot of music from this game. Final Fantasy, the Mystic Quest for the Super Nintendo. We talked about doing an 8-bit, 16-bit, mm-hmm. the summer of 16-bit. The summer of 16-bit. Which is funny because today the last song I had in my rental car was the summer of 16-bit. I know. That's what made me think about that. Nice. Um, so <laughs> the music is by Yasuhiro Kawakami, and this is the, t- the tune for Windaria Town. I wonder what element this is. I wonder. You know, there's there's like four elements for each town. There's four <laughs> towns in this game. Here we go. This is Windaria Town for the Super Nintendo Final Fantasy USA. Phone so square. This is a square phone. <laughs> You're getting practice, aren't you? Um, I gotta get my practice in, yeah. Alright, this is the Windaria Town from Final Fantasy Mystic Quest for the Super Nintendo or Final Fantasy USA for the Super Famicom. This is by Yasuhiro Kawakami. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I'm picking Lovers in Trap Mode. This is Lovers uh, upside, <laughs> upside Down. But this song is sad, man. I find this song like uh, either like bittersweet or just kind of like like a lost romance. This I'm song pretty sure like. the townsfolk are out there living their day to day lives, picking apples from their wind blustered trees. <laughs> really appreciate you saying that their town theme is very somber. I like uh, their town theme. Like this is their their national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> We're all miserable. Don't look at us. Just go to the next town. Don't shop here. We don't need your money. We're all poor. Yeah, yeah. You go, like, like you show up at the town and you have, like, 60 gil or gold. I don't know what they call it. I guess they call it gold. And you need to get a new shield. And the, and the shopkeeper's just like, look, man, just take it. Just take it. I don't oh, even we, care anymore. Those monsters are coming. We don't even need this stuff. <laughs> we've, we've fought them before. We so sad. But no, I mean, in all, all seriousness, it does sound like... Like the summer is over, you know, and like you're 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 gonna you're gonna leave all your friends behind and you're moving towns, you know. Uh, think of it in a lighter perspective. Summer is <laughs> over, which means you're leading into the nice briskness of fall and all the caramel apples you can eat. I could be, yeah, but I'm not doing elements anymore. <laughs> Touché, I forgot. Uh, I love how I forgot. And you didn't talk about 
the carnival candy, uh, cotton candy. And the, have- the best part is that you're trying so hard to like tweak it back to the Tarkon, and I'm like, no, I could do this. Go I- back to Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, no, but yeah, no. So lovers flipped upside down, and he never played this one, right? I have not. So, Mes- um, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest was another one of those like. Nintendo Power Look games or base games where I've only read about it in the magazine mm-hmm. and it looked so colorful, yeah. entertaining, and I wanted to play it. So, couldn't afford it though. So, in the end, that was one of those games that I wanted to play but never got around to. Mm-hmm. But by the time emulation became doable for me, uh, I had already learned a few things about it. One, that in Japan it was referred to as Final Fantasy USA and the fact that it was meant to be not even joking, like baby's first RPG. Yeah. Which is why a lot of people that were seasoned in RPGs bought this game and didn't like it because while the music was good and the graphics were great, mm. it was a kind of no brainer for the challenge level. Like you kind of could sleep through the game and yeah. there's very little customization options. Well, I feel like they were trying to make, and I, I believe what was the selling point was to make. RPGs more accessible. Oh yeah, and because, in that regard, like yeah. it's reasonable to want to do that. Well, I but mean, it wasn't advertised that. Our, way. Our, the, the 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 Japanese RPGs of the 16-bit era are not like the Japanese RPGs of today, where you have like a tutorial or like as you go through the battles, it walks you through stuff. Like you just had to know these things. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was it just seemed so obtuse. I was never going to figure it out. But like for my friend who who was just. Oh, I played Final Fantasy 2, and I played Final Fantasy 3, and I played Chrono Trigger, and all these other games. And he's like, oh, Mystic Quest. Final Fantasy, it's another Final Fantasy game. Super excited. Put it in, completed it in the afternoon, and was like, how do I return this thing? But I think that was that would have made all the difference, though, admittedly. I'm sure they didn't care because they wanted to get that Final Fantasy money. But to flat out just say, this is a great introductory mm-hmm. RPG to see what all the fuss is about and let people decide they want to buy it because of that. Because it would have worked. It, it would have done that job. But I think a lot of us just cut our teeth by going in, you know, the school of hard knocks, like yeah. booting up a game maybe because your parents bought it by accident or you thought the cover <laughs> looked cool enough to spend the money. What was your first RPG? Dragon Warrior 1. And I yeah. couldn't figure it out. Like, I was really dumb about that game. And I played around with it and had a general understanding, but not enough so that I could get good at it. So I returned it to the journal shop. Dragon Warrior 2 did the same thing, but I liked it enough to try. Final Fantasy NES was the first one that I really went hard on. I was like, my dad bought it for me for Christmas. Yeah, you went in on it. Yeah, yeah, I told you about I that story. The, the artwork on that, on that, on the original NES is awesome. Like, it's black and it has, like, the, is it the weapons on the front or the crystals? It's like, a, I want to say it's a globe with, like, a sword going through or something. Yeah, it looks, a minute. it looks really cool. I, I, I like it. I, I think it's just, right, for what it is, and especially on the NES, it's, like, elegant. But it was like something weird about like you put the game in and the end of the characters don't actually connect. You don't control yeah. them per yeah. se. You just tell them what to do. And again, I say this knowing that I did play around with Dragon Warrior, but mm-hmm. it, this was my first attempt to really dive in. I'm like, I got to get into this because I it's my game. Mm-hmm. So uh, I sat there, tried to hammer it out, but then started realizing that I enjoyed seeing numbers get bigger. Yep. I enjoyed getting new gear, like yep. buying stuff and just progressively watching my characters get better i hated buying magic because it was overpriced garbage um <laughs> but ultimately that's when i fell in love with the genre but yeah. i went in without a beginner's rpg quote unquote i just went in with what was there yeah and it was fortunate enough that it was accessible at a level that i could understand now if you were to say pernell start out with like advanced D, 
Yeah. Good luck. That's what wouldn't happen. You need like a like a, a game master who's also like a really good teacher. Exactly. That's just what I would need to nowadays. But what got me on the the first Final Fantasy on the NES was now you play for a little while, and I think it's after like the first dungeon or something. Then it shows the opening screen. Yeah, after and you defeat oh, the Garland. Yeah, after I saw that, I was hooked. I was like, oh, they're, they're, it's like a movie. Like they're trying to tell a whole story. And I was really young, but like I, I got it. Oh, yeah. And it made sense to me. But then you realize you picked and, four black belts, and that was just it for you. <laughs> I, much farther than that. I had three white mages because I kept dying, so I just wanted to keep healing all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like balance, Robert. Balance. Oh, man, I don't know balance. All fighters. <laughs> four, I can probably do pretty well with all fighters in that game. As he. Yeah, you could. If yeah. you had the money just to have healing items, you could totally smash it up. I mean, all honesty, that game's a grind. So, but that wasn't for me. Oh, I mean, like, I mean, you needed to grind. No, out. no, 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 no. I'm saying, and that wasn't for me. Like, that's part of what ultimately kind of oh, oh, killed oh. me. That'd like, because be- I was trying to grind for money for spells, and then of course the Gurgu Volcano save file glitch, where I could never actually get through the dungeon. I didn't beat Final Fantasy One for the first time until 2013 or 14. And it was done because of an Anime Central panel that I used to run called RPG Critics mm-hmm. or Turn-Based Critics. So it was like, I'm going to beat Final Fantasy 1 prior to doing our first official year of a panel specifically about Final Fantasy. Because every other year, we talked about every RPG, but Final Fantasy was not allowed. You could not talk about Final Fantasy. I, I would love to go back and replay that. It's been so long now. I will say, with better games out there, it doesn't quite hold up as far as, like, if your time is limited, but as far as, like, a core concept of, like, go get the elemental crystals, now go to Robotic Sky Palace, now do this, the formula's there, it's just, it's very bare. Yeah. Well, still, it's like, it's it's like part of history. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Fantasy Star is something I would like to try, too. I've never played those. Two and four are the big go-tos people recommend, but yeah. honestly, you could do all of them. Yeah, I would like to try all of them. I mean, that was on the Master System, right? Yeah, what is it? I want to say uh, Dan Loughton's actually doing Fancy Star 4 for the first time now. Oh, yeah, I think I did see that. Yeah, I don't watch enough Twitch to like, because it's like, you got to watch it when he's doing it, and like, who watches live TV anymore? I don't know. My uh, problem with Twitch is just that I'm behind on all of my personal stuff, so I have trouble <laughs> getting caught up in what other people are doing, too. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, we've talked about this track enough. All right, what's your next one? All right, so this is like one that was fitting for this class. You got to talk about it next week. So I don't know too much about it yet, but I'll know by next week. Um, This comes from the game Death Crown, which will be, I'm playing it on the Nintendo Switch. And the track title is called Crown and it's composed by Light Tin Ning. Like it's lightning, but it's broken up into three words. Oh. They put work into that. All right. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll find the composer name at some point, or maybe that's maybe that's just what they. That's would, just, that's what he goes by. That's his given name. <laughs> he was born as Light Tin Ing. Yeah, capture lightning in the bottle on that one.
Welcome back. You are listening to Crown from the game Death Crown, composed by Lai Tin Ng. Lightning broken up into three different words. I don't write the rules, I just read them. Uh, so, funny enough, like this track, joke, I was talking to Rob, off. I think it was off script at the time, where I said, this song has been stuck in my head for quite a while. And at the beginning, Rob was like, why is this stuck in your head? I don't understand. Like, it doesn't sound like a track that would do that. I what? get. I get it now. I, it took me like a minute, and then I was just like, I just was so into this. It. It's like it's weird in that it does two things. Like one, like I said, it gets caught in your head, but it does it in an unconventional way because this isn't a. This isn't an uplifting track at all. This isn't even... I don't want to say it's not a banger because if it weren't some semblance of a banger, it wouldn't be stuck in my head. Uh, yeah. But it's... It just bring. It has this haunting, aural sound to it mm. that just kind of resonates in your cranial space. And I... I don't know what it even represents or symbolizes. It's just like oh, wow. a desolate... Like a desolate place... An open, yeah. Well, here, environment where wind is just until, blowing until this happens. Oh yeah, that's the bagpipe part. <laughs> but it's got this, it's got this Hoover bass. That's like, I, I really love that sound. I've used that sound a bunch of times. But yeah, there's like a, there's like a bagpipe or a, some kind of some kind of pipe sound. It's not Mario. It sure as heck ain't Luigi. There's, but you know someone's playing that pipe. But there's just like if you if you listen really closely, like rewind the episode and just go back and like listen closer and closer to the sounds. And you, I keep finding more. And I keep picking up. So the artist's name is Light or Light Ning. Um, at least that's the artist's name, and the the human's name is Constantin Narek. And um, I don't know. Not Constantinople. No. <laughs> I don't know where he's from. Doesn't doesn't exactly uh, say here, but um, uh, we'll have links to the SoundCloud. That's where he, he has links to the to the the uh, soundtrack to this game on it, mm-hmm. and all of his stuff is cool. Yeah, it's Rob's, so Rob's become cool. an Insta fan. I am a fan of this guy. Now, as far as what I chose it for, like the obvious thing is that I chose it for the Death Tarot card. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Sure this, as heck wasn't the Empress. This, oh. this definitely the audio really fits with that oh yeah yeah so upright it refers to endings change transformation and transition whereas the reverse is resistance to change personal transformation and inner purging so i've been taking some liberties with this one a little bit because flat out death um death is an ending uh and the premise of the game death crown there are scenarios involved but the primary scenario is that basically death is coming to pretty much destroy this like upstart king's kingdom mm-hmm. and your goal is to pretty much raise the kingdom by laying down like three different types of facilities and generate units to just rush like you know towns and cities and ultimately his castle and just destroy it oh, like, so you, you you play the game as death you are death and you're just destroying this oh and you're destroying the kingdom well the the in the art style is almost it's it's really Simple, but like in a really weird, sinister way. It's all black and white. Mm-hmm. And it looks like a simple game. And at its core, it really is. You're literally placing three different types of facilities on a map while the opponent's doing the same thing. 
And every time you create a location, a facility, if it's uh, attacking one, you have to also say where you want it to ultimately go to. So that, for example, if it's a barrack, you place it and enemies will just constantly spawn from it and follow a line to their destination. Mm -hmm. Turrets destroy those, but if you don't destroy them with a turret, they will eventually reach where they're going and do damage to the facility. And that's literally the game. Like, there's no crazy, like, you know, upgrade advancement of units. Now you've got, like, a super soldier. It's like, no, these are your soldiers. These are your turrets. And here's your mills to generate money. Um, but it just works. It's fast-paced. It keeps you on your toes. You have this haunting freaking music playing throughout the game. Yeah. And wow. it honestly is just it's very different from a lot of games that have come out recently. Like, I like when games take this avant-garde style this avant-garde approach rather and try to jump outside the box and say even if you yeah. don't like our game we're trying to be wacky and different here well i mean like not just different game style and art wise the music is this is so original to me mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever heard anything else like this or at least to done to this degree you know yeah. what's sad though is that on the um on the official website under like in their press release mm -hmm. like the composer's not listed I feel like that happens way more often, unfortunately, than we think, which sucks because I feel like we're in an age now where composers, I think, should be getting dang near top billing, mm -hmm. like just below the developers. I mean, I guess the argument is a lot of people say that, you know, the art is what draws you in. Like you, you see the game and that pulls you in the art and the animation. But and I then, think the music kind of keeps you there. Like, Yeah, well, for me, like I, I listen to the trailer and I get excited about the music. And I, I, that's just as enough. That's just enough for me to, to go and play a game, too. Oh, yeah. I've done that in the past. I can try to think of an example where that didn't work out in its favor. I'm sure there's one. Because one thing we're thinking about when it comes to this kind of stuff, too, I'm not sure if this is everybody, but at least it is for you and me, is that you play a game, and while you're playing the game, you're in that game's world. You're experiencing what the game wants you to experience. Right, right. And when you're done, you generally might go to a friend and say, hey, I just beat this game. This is what I experienced. This is how I felt when I did it. But when you're not talking to people and you're just doing your thing, typically it's the music that I'm reflecting on post-completion of a game because that's what that's what drives the scenes. Mm -hmm. That's what drives the experiences that you're engaging in. It's like, hey, I'm storming the castle that's housing the princess that's being held captive by this demon lord. What music was playing during that whole raid? I want to listen to that again. You know, like that's where I go. That's where yeah, I come yeah. from. It can things. even like keep you in like really specific parts of the game too. Like I don't want to leave this area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I almost don't want to leave. Like this it's crazy, like how almost unsettling this is, but I don't want to turn it off yet. It's, it's backwards in that you yeah. like it, but you're like, I shouldn't be into this like this, but it works. All right. Well, we're going to, we're going to change, change things up here. We're going to, you talked about dragon warrior a minute ago. Ooh. So we're going to be listening to, this is a dragon quest. Um, for the uh, Dragon Quest 2 but it was, this is the re-release on iOS which got as the same soundtrack it's just arranged um, so the music is by Koichi Sugiyama and arranged by Koichi Sugiyama um, so it's not like exactly like the full orchestrate because there's a lot of really great orchestrations of this uh, soundtrack mm -hmm. that's not one of, that's not this one but this is Justice the battle theme Justice. I'm sorry. This is the battle theme, which I'm using for justice. <laughs> oh. For Dragon Quest 2 for iOS, composed by Koichi Sugiyama.
This is the battle theme from Dragon Quest II for iOS, arranged on iOS, composed and arranged by Koichi Sugiyama. Well, you know how it goes. Sometimes short loops do the trick. I mean, this is, to me at least, a very memorable battle theme. Like, you turn it on, and it immediately clicked for me. I haven't played Dragon Quest II in decades. And it's like, it's just there. Just in, like in yesterday. I remember the sounds when you whiff and everything. <laughs> so this one, I, I am uh, definitely, definitely uh, 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 taken take an easy way out it's the battle theme from just dragon quest 2 this is justice clearly clearly but you're I'm fighting them on. more so what was the element that this was based around or did you make this choose this just now oh um so the element was originally going to be earth oh okay because for me dragon quest is all about fighting the golems when uh-huh. i first saw that the first golem i saw in dragon warrior i thought i was blown away because it was like you discovered it and it was like this big hulking thing and it was scary i didn't know what to do and then you were blown away by its fist Yep, absolutely. Then you were knocked on the road <laughs> uh, back to the king's castle, which was being defeated by death at the time. Who knows? <laughs> death crayer. But this is really cool. I like this section here. It's like that. That rhythm is really unexpected because it's like a, it's like a ragtime rhythm. I never but thought about that quite like, but you make an interesting point. But just listen, like. Then two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Then then Ragtime gal! This part right here. <laughs> but then the rest. So now I'm just gonna start picturing guys with like barbershop clothes, <laughs> like twirling chains and crap. Yeah, it gets it's just like it's just lighthearted for the rest of this, which is actually exciting. It's very like, you know, an elf has come to kill you. <laughs> um I, I always the Dragon Quest OSTs are so iconic, and it's funny because like I want to sit down one day to like a straight listen of those oh, because <laughs> I always feel like I recalled them recycling a lot of the OSTs across the different games, like the different tracks. But maybe sometimes a little bit, they're like a little tinge of something tweaking to a, a tinge of tweak to it to make it stand out on its own. Mm. Like I wouldn't be sure this track was used in other Dragon Quest games. I just oh, don't I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like it, it's so classic. Like people who grew up on RPGs, like you and, and hundreds, thousands of other people, like this is probably in their in their core. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 their national anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if this was a national anthem, I'd sing it. All right, what's your third pick? All right, so conveniently enough, my third tarot is also Justice. Oh. Um, hey, hey, we did overlap. Look at that. Bam. Well, it's, we, I mean, we were going to overlap. I mean, like, we did, like... I know, I'm, I'm joking about the end. It's like, we did overlap. I was like, yeah, you just winged it. <laughs> For the record, you're doing all right with these, like, these these rabbit pulls, too. Okay. Like, the Earth. No, I mean justice. Justice <laughs> Earth. Um, so, this is a little bit of a wing myself, but I chose it for a specific reason in that sense. But, uh... This comes from the game Charlie Murder from the Xbox 360. Oh, okay. track title is called Castle Mania. And the composer is James Silva.
Welcome back. You're listening to the track titled Castle Mania from the game Charlie Murder on the Xbox 360, composed by James Silva. So, this is a bit of a roundabout selection for me in this concept because... So, to go with the tarot card choice, this is the Justice Tarot card, which upright refers to <coughs> justice, um, fairness, truth, cause and effect, and law. Reversed, it refers to unfairness, lack of accountability, and dishonesty. Mm. So... Flat out the top, when I think of justice, there ain't no justice quite like street justice. <laughs> and uh, I originally thought about going with, you know, like one of the more typical beat em ups of like guy takes law into his own hands, like typical Streets of Rage concept and all. But mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like we hit final fights and Streets of Rages and stuff like that often enough. So I was like, hey, Charlie Murder's a fighting game or a beat em up game, though the premise is a little weirder than the norm, but I think it's going to count this time. And what the premise is for Charlie Murder is that you play as Charlie Murder and his bandmates. Originally, Charlie Murder had one band that he formed with an old friend, but then eventually he kicked him out of the band and acquired new friends to make his band better and bigger. Right. And they became successful. His friend kind of sank into a bit of obscurity before recruiting new people to form a new band, but then he also joins up with Satan to form a demon pact and sends demons to kill Charlie and his friends. Yeah. They go to hell and eventually have to fight their way out of hell to go back to Earth. And then justice unveils because they have to pretty much go and beat up the guy who sent them to hell and killed them while sent them to hell. Yeah, and really, it's just a story that everybody can relate to. It's, oh, of course. It's, I, mean, I mean, everyone's got their own story of their friend that turned to the demons to... Stab him in the back, yeah, literally and yeah. figuratively. <laughs> and then, right, and you got to run around the streets just hitting, hitting bad guys with your guitar and microphones. <laughs> oh, this is all like fists of cuffs in this. I wish you could use your guitar. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought there were weapons in that that you could like hit oh, people with a guitar, like a beat 'em up style. Like you'll find weapons oh, okay, on the ground okay. and stuff, but like for the most part, they're just like it's like straight up brawler. But uh, like the thing that makes the brawler itself interesting, aside from the whole fight out of hell bit, is that when you get back to Earth. You're kind of coming back in the middle of an apocalypse. So now you're fighting like possessed humans and demons and stuff oh. on your way to defeat your, your former bandmate mm-hmm. and defeat this demon to set things right. <laughs> but at the same time, there's also like these wacky flashbacks where you see the band play concerts while the guy's jealous. Like, no! it's, <laughs> like, it's surprisingly good. And I picked this track because while like James Silva is the guy behind Ska Studios. I don't think he's done too much recently, but he did a few games that people might know, like Dishwasher Samurai. Oh, okay. Uh, I yeah. made a game with zombies in it. Um, that one, one was... Yeah, so he was big in the 360 era. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, honestly, I wish they could, he did more because I like the style of all of his games. It's very, like, grungy, grimy, dark. Yeah, this this one especially. It's almost black and white with like just red in it. Yes. Yeah. But it's it plays so well and the OST is spectacular, though a lot of it is like more like heavy and like rockish and yet when I was playing the game, this track was one that hit me the hardest as far as like I really like this track because mm. it stands out as not being as heavy as the rest. And it plays during a fun stage. Yeah, it's got that cool like melodic thing they people that like guitar like bands will do where like they'll play 
someone will play the the arpeggio of a chord and then like the chords kind of go up and go up and go up and go up and that always like gets me going like i'm always like oh that's exciting to me but i'm sure it's like the simplest thing in the world and it's just such a trope but i love it i love you that imagine sound. like this guy composing music and it's like okay i'm gonna go real special i'm gonna go take this in a brave new direction it's like can you just go? Can you just put the arpeggio effect and just wrap this thing up? We, we're trying to get paid here. We're not trying to be special. You know, this we got we got to fill the section up here, and I'm like, oh, I want more of that. That's what I want more of. Um, all right, so I'm going to turn uh, Mr. Joe Silva down, and we're going to get James. Pa- James. James, who's Joe? <laughs> this is that's his twisted brother. Uh, and we're going to get into the part of the show we call bonus round. Bonus round by Joe Silva. <laughs> Joe Silva. There was a joke on that guest spot that we did on XVGM where I kept saying that I was the hidden composer for like so many games. <laughs> uh, turns out you actually were on two of them. Yeah. I think people don't know. I'm I'm an old man. <laughs> Rob's actually like 96. Right. Um, all right. So for my bonus round track, this is from the game Cadence of Hyrule, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda for the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Zing. Uh, that's a long title. I keep forgetting that's the whole title. It's got a lot going on. Um, music by da- Danny Baranowski. I know you're going to be into that's right? my baby. He's your baby. That's my baby. I nurtured him. <laughs> We're going to listen to the combat music for the Gerudo Ruins. You're listening to the Gerudo Ruins combat music from Cadence of Hyrule, colon, Crypt of the Necrodancer, featuring The Legend of Zelda. Scroll up real quick. 
Yeah, no. No, like on the soundboard. Uh, what? I was, I'm not hearing it the same way, so I wasn't sure if it was recording or not. That's uh, oh, okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe like change, maybe jiggle the headphone. There jam. it is. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> Whoops, it doodle. Anyway, this is from uh, Cadence of Hyrule for the Nintendo Switch, everybody. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, that's what happens when we're in the same room together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you get that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, I, for this music, I picked the tower. Originally, this was fire. <laughs> Christ, that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, that kind of makes sense. Misery and distress, you know, like because you're in the Gerudo Valley, right? And then you go into the caves, and it's all like the ruins, and it's dangerous. You know, and you're hopping, you're, you're bopping, and you're stabbing. But but this is the bonus round, so you got to get funky with it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. His Danny Baranowski can't do any wrong with anything he composes. Honestly, I've not heard a bad track he's put together. Yeah, well, he definitely has a sound, right? Like, like that, like this is his sound. I feel like with this soundtrack, it's really, it's really Danny Baranowski. It's it's ultra Danny, very ultra, <laughs> ultra <laughs> very doom esque. What was? Oh, I was thinking of Daryl. Was that Daryl? Daryl Baranowski. <laughs> well, I was thinking of the song um, Super Daryl Deluxe. Super Daryl Deluxe. Yeah, yeah, because the song is all about how cool he is. Oh yeah. So this is Super Danny Deluxe. Oh. Yeah, that's, that's the soundtrack right here. Danny Deluxe. That's a game I need to play more of, too. Like, it, I like the idea of them combining Zelda with Crypt of the Necro Dance. Like, it didn't seem like it made logical mm-hmm. sense at first, but it kind in of, complete form, it's freaking so gold. So now we need a Zelda in a beat-em-up format. I'd play that. That would be. It would almost be like a Golden Axe kind of thing. We're pretty close. I mean, we have Hyrule Warriors, but I would like the 2D beat-em-up structure... Every time I see Hyrule War, War that because that that's a that's one of those like that's a Musa a Muso game also Mujin but um when every time you see Hyrule Warriors I think of that old cartoon uh, Ronin Warriors <laughs> Ryo of the Wildfire yeah. Link of the Halo yeah Hyrule Warriors that's a <laughs> dumb theme song um, okay because <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't say words you know, he just yells all right oh yeah and, Z- and Link won't say anything. Exactly. Instead of saying Tao Chi, he just goes. I mean, it's the perfect format for him because he'll just use his fists. He talks with his talks with his sword. He, 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 he talks with. He didn't talk with words. He talks with action. <laughs> so yeah. So you know, he's he's fought monsters. He's saved princesses. He's danced in a cave with monsters, and now he's gonna be in a beat 'em up. About friggin' time. Yeah. I mean, heck, they're already talking about trying to make a. Oh well, correction again because I feel like this has happened before. They're trying. They're talking about trying to make an anime series out of Zelda, which. Oh, we already had an animated series for Zelda. And oh, it no, perfect. no, now it's anime. <laughs> now it's anime. Like, they want to go all japanese with it. But uh, to me, I I stand by my thought that if they tried it, I would uh, give it a shot. Yeah. But deep down, I feel like what they'd be better off doing is making an original IP that's influenced by Zelda themes and tropes. Yeah, but then people would complain that it was too much like Zelda. But Venom, I, they'll but complain this is, about this is, anything. But listen, to this. How about, uh, we do a new podcast, an uh, anime like we just talk about anime, but yeah. But then we'd be stepping on Daryl's toes and he'd kill us, and we call it Animaniacs. And then we'd be stepping on Water Brothers' toes, <laughs> and then they'd sue us. No, they're cool about it. <laughs> they're not cool about anything when lawyers are involved. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, all the jokes they made on 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 the show made me feel like they can laugh at themselves. Oh, they can when they're doing it. Just a couple couple guys in a microphone <laughs> trying to make a buck. All right. Um, all right, so what's your bonus round pick? So this is cheating, and I'm cool with that because it's <laughs> me looking forward to finally putting this track on the show because I've been addicted to it for weeks now. Um, 
the tarot choice that I came out with was the Wheel of Fortune tarot. And the actual track is from a game that I think recently just went through Kickstarter. Um, the game is called Unbeatable. And the track title is called Waiting by Peak Divide with vocals by Rachel Lake.
welcome back. You are listening to this track, Waiting, from the game Unbeatable, composed by Pete Divide and Rachel Lake. Uh, I want to say Rachel Lake was the vocalist, um, but all I know is that this track is a gem. Like this, if I'm not mistaken, it originally played during the Unbeatable Kickstarter trailer, where they were pushing for the you know, get people to get on board for the mm-hmm. game, which, well, mission accomplished. Yeah. People jumped right on top of it. Yeah, based on the uh, on when the when the videos came out for the song and the the comments of everyone being like, okay, I'm going to put my money into this because this is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. And it's and the fact that it's also it's got this cool punk rock. The game has this amazing punk rock look, like like we were just talking about right out of FLCL mm-hmm. with music. This cool music. And I think it's going to have like a, like a very varied soundtrack, but I think this is what they're using to sell it, mm-hmm. which is very nostalgic sounding. Yes. Like and a, it's also a rhythm game. And rhythm games are a very special beast in and of themselves. Yeah. So well, that, for us especially. Oh, yeah. Like it's like, so rhythm games have come a long way from when they first really started. Like obviously I think the first rhythm game was actually Parappa, but as far as the big boom happening, DDR and Beat Mania are what really kicked that up mm-hmm. a notch and became ex- like something that people just kept going back to and wanting more of. So with music games, it's interesting in that no matter how you portray it, no matter how you style it, no matter what gameplay mechanisms you imbue it with, as long as you're doing something to the beat of good music, Mm. the people will come like (laughs) because for example like unbeatable plays a lot like another game called muse dash with the difference being that with this game you deal with traffic i'll call it from two sides whereas with muse dash it's just going from right to left coming towards you right uh but aside from that they are the same style of game Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter because when you look at it, you're like, okay, I want this style with these tunes, so I'll play this game. Yeah. But now I want these tunes with this style, so now I gotta go play that for a while. Like, you can just go bonkers with this. Well, I'm, we're seeing so much more now. Like, well, there's this game, which I mean, I know it's been development for a long time, but this is gonna be out sooner is out now. Um, Muse Dash was just released, and then um, Friday Night Funkin' has got, I mean, I think it started as a Flash game. But just got flushed out into a full release. Really? And, yeah, it's a full thing, and it's it's hugely popular. And that one messes with me too. Because and I think it has like, a lot to do with it, but specifically with that soundtrack, because that soundtrack is so cool. That game really but, messed with me because Friday Night Funkin' makes me want to play Parappa, and it covers all of that do of like you know guy singing mm-hmm. for a specific purpose. He's rap battling against other people, and yet when you hear them singing, it's like almost like just like garble because not words like <laughs> yeah yeah like Splatoon singers or yeah, something Splatoon, they're, they're like um, from Sims they're like there's Sims people like singing but like it's really rhythmic and fun and like so it still works and so I'm excited about this one because like it doesn't sound like you're you're creating or adding to the music as you're, as you're maybe there might be some sound effects but um, it's you're not you're not creating the music as the music goes like with Parappa or or with Friday Night Funkin', you're creating like the, the little noise sounds. Or in Beat Mania, where you're actually generating the whole track, mm-hmm. each different key sound. Like or pop music, where I guess you're colorfully doing the same thing. Yeah, pop, you're Beat Mania. pop and music, which is which is just Beat Mania, <laughs> pretty much, but better, but with more keys on it. <laughs> but like uh, but as far I, as like yeah. I want to get that out, because I want her, I want to forget. So like the 
tarot card choice was Wheel of Fortune. Right, right. Uh, upright refers to good luck, karma, life cycles, destiny, a turning point. Reverse form is bad luck, resistance to change, and breaking cycles. So this choice was solely based off of the track itself because I don't know 100% what the narrative of the game is going to be. But the song itself is 100% breaking cycles because the yeah. way the vocalist talks about waiting for something to happen that will never happen. She's looking for like this affirmation from this person mm-hmm. that she's seeking and eventually decides, you know, screw it. I don't want I'm not waiting anymore. I'm breaking through. I'm going to do my thing rhythmically. <laughs> and it's friggin' fantastic. So I was like, perfect fit just shoehorn that in there this is great uh, yeah you know but this this song has like this music has to be in our our show some at some point i was know? waiting it yeah, was just yeah. a matter of what will be the opportunity i've been sitting on this bugger since the kickstarter like yeah. waiting I, i've been watching the development on, waiting twi- on and twitter waiting and, and waiting and waiting to choose very excited about this one um so for more information on the bonus round, go to rhythmandpixels.com. We'll have links to um, SoundClouds and band clamps and band, band All clamps. the band clamps. And uh, band camps and... Um, Keep that and, music in place. And I guess the Kickstarter is where you can go find more about the music of Unbeatable and um, of Death Crown because uh, you got to go to that SoundCloud. That thing is amazing. Yeah. Um, so check that out. All right, thanks for joining us on episode 27-10 of Rhythm and Pixels. This is the end of World 27. And a weird topic to go out on, just the way I like it. Yes, the major arcana and nothing else, Pernell. <laughs> nothing at all. We may revisit this topic in the future, because there's a lot more arcana than what we went through. We even both chose one of the same ones, so maybe fun to decide to do a little bit more with that. And even dig a little deeper into it, too, because like, I've always been fairly fascinated with the concept of tarot card reading. Even if I never quite got it done myself because, well, yeah, you know, weird stuff like that. But, but, oh, oh, you mean get it done for you? No, no, just have it, yeah, like go to a person like and say, hey, read my, yeah. you read my fortune with the tarot. I've only been once. Oh, you've done it before? Yeah, ages ago. Christy and I were still dating, and we were like, let's just, because there's like, there's, there's like, you know, you drive up the highway and you see like those buildings and they say like, the you big know. hand on the wall or the yeah. eyeball. <laughs> yeah, psychic. I, oh, you know, it wasn't tarot, it was just psychic. And oh. she was just telling me that my aura was troubled and evil or something and that I shouldn't be in this relationship. Did he actually say that? Yeah, she told me that. And um, she says she told me that and she told me I had to keep coming back to have my aura cleansed. Oh, with money. And I'm like, oh, it's nothing. This is this is this is just a scam. That's that's nice to know. I would like to have my tarot read though. Tarot is more interesting to me, you know? Because like, I feel like there's a lot more interpretation mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit more conversation and it's interesting in the sense that with tarot the person will play a card and they'll flip it right they'll say okay upside down wheel of fortune oh this this clearly shows that you're resistant to changing your life something that you should be looking into focusing on for the future that you can't see and of course that immediately makes you start ruminating on your own life and you'll find something yeah. that ties to that. Yeah. And it'll make you go, you know, she's right. There is that promotion I've been trying to, I should have gone for. People keep telling me I should, I should, and I'm ignoring it because I'm resistant to leaving my comfortable job. I should go for that. So it's like, it's like it doesn't work. And yet it also does because it leads you to the answers you want to find, even if they're not directly responsible for giving you those answers. Yeah, I think it has to do one with the right person doing the reading. You know, being able to really not just sell it, but I mean, like to to really 
what's the word? You know, like like to define those connections. Mm-hmm. But I think it also has to be with the right person asking for the reading, being the yeah, being the reedy, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. The because recipient like, of the word. Because I just don't. I don't think I would buy a lot of it. I'd be like, yeah, of course, sure, but I don't believe in anything, so it's all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I'm going to go but rhythm and pixels, I don't believe in nothing. I don't believe in nothing no more. I'm going back. To, I'm going back to school. No, I'm going. What was it? Since going back to law school. I can't remember. I'm going back to law That's school. Was, law yeah, school. Yeah, 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 yeah. No! <laughs> um, we're going out on this track from uh, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest because I just was, I got into like a little bit of a, a, like a little loop today of just listening to Final Fantasy music. <laughs> Specifically Mystic Quest somehow. And the Lava Dome. Purnell was for, I guess, the fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean the fool. The fool. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, the lovers. <laughs> <laughs> They're on fire. In the Their la- hearts are on hearts of fire. Two hearts go into Lava Dome. One heart leaves. <laughs> <laughs> that's a last mark of love between a tarantula and a black widow spider, but oh. what do I do? All right. Uh, Certainly not insects. <laughs> well, um, hey, if you like what you've been listening to and you want to get in contact with us and say hello, or if you have a track suggestion or a topic suggestion, uh, send us an email. Rhythmandpixels at hotmail.com. Or if you want to uh, check out the rest of the show, see more about the show, get a full track listing from all of these episodes and access to all of our episodes, go to the website. www.rhythmandpixels.com. Also, just rhythmandpixels.com works too. No! Worldwide Web Man, is a requirement! I, I bought that domain. I, 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 had to, I had to get it back from Microsoft because <laughs> they, they were sitting on it. <laughs> Yeah, that's where that's plays the sniper dot. You go to https colon slash slash worldwide web <laughs> dot worldwide web. Well, now I have to use www every time. Www. That's actually a joke from the old cartoon home movies. He he does movie reviews for this website, but he won't stop saying www. <laughs> everyone gets so annoyed. Like, you know, you don't have to say www anymore. It's like I want to. <laughs> it's official that way. Um, it just has it so many times. What was I talking about? Oh, the show. Yeah. Um, check us out on, you know, all Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. It's Rhythm and Pixels. It's all one word. And you can go to uh, YouTube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There we've got a, a 24-7 radio station playing nothing but 8-bit and 16-bit classics with music curated by Rob, Purnell, Keyglyph. Um, who else we got on there? Ed Wilson, I think did some music. Oh, Mabry. Uh, yeah, man, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, and um, hopefully some more from some more of your podcast pals, sh- pals, <laughs> yeah, showing up on there. So look forward to that. But right now it's just tons of great music, and, and um, a lot of people are listening to it now, which is really exciting. It's doing its doing its do. It helps people get to the work day. And if you want to listen to it there, you can go to twitch.tv slash rhythm and pixels, and it's also being streamed. Over there, I gotta say, by the way, for your listening pleasure, kind of jumps a little into our usual, you know, ender spiel. But I yeah. gotta say, so this week I've been renting a car because my car's been in the shop. I just gave the car back and got. My oh yeah, car I want to talk about that because I have I have a similar experience where like you rent a car and it's like way nicer than you expect. And oh, I love that car. <laughs> I miss it already. And then I think that's how they sell cars. <laughs> sneaky devils. <laughs> yeah, but I gotta say, the thing that really hit me was so when they gave me the car. The radio turned on. They take because the guy drove and picked me up with the radio running. He said, "Here's your car keys, blah, blah blah." And the radio just stayed on, and I never turned it off. Which means for the first time, and maybe two decades, I was listening to the radio. Oh, like radio, radio. like radio, radio, like talk radio, mm. and like you know, on the hour, eighties and nineties hits, blah blah blah. So and they started playing a bunch of static. 
And then, like, the, the world started turning really dark. <laughs> and I realized this was a death crown, baby. Yeah, um, Silent but, Hill. But what I came to realize is that these guys will be talking in between segments. And they'll say things like, you know, so next on the Wheels of Steel, we got to talk about <laughs> breakfast cereals. Where did you grow up on and what did you like to eat? Call, you're on the air. And they'll talk about <laughs> the water back and forth. And it started to hit me like... Maybe this is what people like hearing us ramble about stuff because literally that could have been us. Like these guys were talking and they were doing nothing that we don't already do. So we're 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 we missed out on that on the radio heyday. We could have been rhythm and pixels on ninety nine point five. This is rhythm and I'm pixels. You ever, you ever go back and watch classic Frasier? Because I know I have a lot. <laughs> I watch Frasier all the time. But like his apartment and in in his car and like the, he lives like a king. But he just works for the radio. And he has a niche area on radio. It's not yeah. even that he's just like a popular DJ. He's a psycho- He's a psychology DJ. I mean, like, were radio stars paid that much back then? No. No way. It's like Homer Simpson taking care of his entire family on his, like, Sector 7G yeah. safety inspector salary. I guess it's like I guess it's like mystery science theater. Just don't don't worry about it too much. Don't think about the science. But see, this exact dialogue right here the science of would Frazier. have been aired on that radio station in between two 80s and 90s Wait hits. a minute. You want another job? Is that what you're saying? You want to leave this for radio? That's right. I'm taking us to radio because I just got us a job at 99.5 The Blaze. You can't quit. You're, <laughs> you can't quit. You're fired. You're fired. No! <laughs> Welcome back to Rhythm and Blips. Uh, <laughs> this is Jimmy Blip. Oh, but, that's, uh, that's that one. There. I got it. Um, yeah, I, I totally get it. Christy listens to the radio all the time. Like driving up and back for like the barn and stuff, and she'll be like, and then what's funny is like we'll go we'll go somewhere or the radio will turn on, and she's like, oh, I love this song. Don't you like this song too? And I'm like, this is the first time I've ever heard this song <laughs> because you're not listening to the radio. I'm not listening is, to the radio. And they recycle joke too. Like, yeah, they in the morning and then in the afternoon, I heard the exact same song both points yeah. in the same day from Got the it. same station. Like, yeah, come man. on. That's that they're on rotation, man. If you get a song on rotation, then you're going to get played like three, four but times a day. there's something so wrong with that. When you when you advertise as 80s, 90s, and thousands yeah. hits. I got to tell you, I I listen to NPR for the news, right? Uh-huh. And at least eight to nine times a day, they're talking about the same darn thing happening in the world. The election, election year, it was all day long. It just, they kept repeating the same thing about the election. What are they going to start talking about real important things like difficulty for ducks to cross the road in populated cities? Yeah. It, or, it frustrates or, me. Or how did Fraser afford his apartment in <laughs> Seattle? Jesus Christ. Um, anyway. <laughs> If you'd like to support the show, um, you can uh, hit the subscribe button on whatever you're listening on, or you could tell people about it. You know, it doesn't have to be a secret, or it could be a secret if that's more exciting for you. I, I want it to be the most <laughs> exposed secret on the planet. It can be a deep secret, um, but not dark. Our little secret, but a good secret, bright secret. Anyway, um, or uh, you can go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Rhythm and Pixels. And uh, any donation there, be, you become a member of the show, a member of our program. You call in. The Rhythm and Pixels. We need like a name for that. Like the Brigade, the Rhythm and Pixels. Power, I'm not going to lie. There's the a small power, part. Power Rangers, I don't know. <laughs> I, there's a genuinely small part of me now that wants to get like a, a phone number solely for Patreon. And be I, like, hey, call in on call the live episode. You're on the air. Dude, don't tell me. We can do this. We'll make like a Discord call in. That'd be hilarious. Um, oh, I'm getting ideas now. Anyway, if you go to patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels, you get access to 
a weekly uh, prequel episode. Me and Pernell sort of decompressing and chatting and getting the day started, getting the show started. Um, you get access to a monthly live stream episode. It's a, it's a normal episode that gets released uh, like weekly, except that we record live with our Patreon members. So there's a lot of visual gags and there's a lot of jokes in the chat and that's a lot of fun to do. Um, at the higher uh, tiers, you can also get extras on our radio station. So you can, we can get like shout outs on the radio station. At the highest tier, you can have your own shout out. You talk. You can record it. With words. I don't care what you record it on. You can do it in a tin can. A talk boy. And then it becomes on rotation, Pernell. <laughs> Plays it nine. You're gonna hear that. Five. You're gonna hear that. You're gonna hear that same Rystar song on the radio station. <laughs> um, yeah, you can so you can do that too. So it's all at patreon.com slash rhythm and pixels. And at the end of every episode, we like to thank our uh, highest tier members. Um, which I had open and then I closed and I'm pulling it up right now. So at the top of my list, I want to thank Frankly Zappa. So thank you so much for those those kind words and that the email and those messages. And he's actually been che- he's been checking out my uh, my DDR Twitch streams. Oh, awesome! Um, which is kind of cool because I think he's like three or four hours behind me. So it's like four in the morning, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I was just checking out your stream." And I'm like, "Do you go to sleep, man?" <laughs> he's like, "Hey." I'm like that sometimes. If you want to watch something, you'll just set the clock yeah. around it. Um, but also, congratulations on the new job. Um, I thank Mike Myers, Vashon8060, That Nick Walker, Ed Wilson, Matt Holmquist, all of you. Congratulations on your new job. Bam! Stop it! Uh, Davy Cakes, <laughs> Justin Schneider from XVGM Radio, Sonic Medley, Taco, Harold Howard, Dave Taylor, Reinhardt Selkova. Congratulations on the new job. Andreas Milberg, Dan Loughton, Sleepy Spore, Steve Miller, The Autistic Gamer 89, Cameron Worma. Don't you do Christopher it. Christopher Sandstrom, Bobby Arson from 1UP Funk. Congratulations on the new oh, job. Good job. <laughs> Wicked Sephiroth, Carlos from the Heroes 3 podcast, Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast. Actually, um, I guess more frequently now on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash mebree64. Um, he played, he's essentially a DJ of Commodore 64 demo, demo tapes. Oh, I'm sure he's entertaining as all get out. It's really, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool. And he's, and he's DJing now with, um, with tracker music and demo music. It's incredible. Um, I'll have, I'll just link to that on the website because it's really cool. It's really, really good. Oh, and Brian Pitt. I feel, I see with the Brian Pitt. Congratulations on the new bundle, boyo. You're oh yeah, daddy now. Congratulations on the new job. <laughs> oh, uh, technically, yeah. But um, anyway, thank you all so much for your continued support of our show and for listening to me and Pernell joke and talk and, and, and just laugh. be plain rambunctious. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. So you keep doing you, and we'll keep being me and Pernell. And sandwiches are delicious. You had a Continue salad to consume them. <laughs> you had a salad. Well, it was mashed potatoes and chicken steak. I, I had leftover Chinese today. It was really good. Been a while since I've had some. Maybe I'll do that this weekend. Do the Shio. It's um, good. Or you know, you're saying Happy Fortune. You always want Happy Fortune. The go-to, my chicken and broccoli man. I know, but I'm saying try it one time, one time. Drop two beats one time, one time, one time. One time. <laughs> one time. See, the free stops is going to be. They're good. Look at that. They're getting free anyway. It's it's local. It's lo- <laughs> the most local thing is go to Happy Fortune instead of Wawa. <laughs> <laughs> it's they're both delicious. Um, anyway, so yeah, next week, we, if everything works out, we have a uh, fantastic guest coming on the show. Um, topic to be announced, but we're going to have a great interview and a good time with our composer, new friend. And I guess probably... Best that, friend. 
<laughs> Bestest of all. Yeah. And I guess probably over the next day or two, we'll come up with a topic if we do the topic for the live stream and post it. We'll have to post it before the episode releases. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll actually come up with it tonight and then we'll, we'll have it out. Dig em boing. All right. I don't know what that is. That... <laughs> That's a honey smacks jing. Oh, okay. Jamming number one. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, my name's Rob. And I'm Purdell. Thanks for listening and uh, have a good week. And remember, you know, fortune and fancy and fort- like basically fortune tellers, tarot cards, uh, the stars. It's all interesting in the sense of like trying to get some sense of understanding of what lies ahead for you in the future. Making a plan, a blueprint, something cosmic that dictates where your path will lead. But... When all it comes down to, while there may be a sense of trajectory that your life is on, or you might just feel like there's a trajectory that your life is on, it's never 100% set in stone. There's always ways to divert that path in some way, shape, or form. Maybe, I don't know, if something as simple as, like, I don't take the long way to the restaurant because you want to catch the scenic route, and maybe you'll spot a deer on the side of the road, or I don't know, maybe something more complicated, like looking at getting a new career. Um... Just any number of things. Maybe ask that girl out on a date, or don't spill your soup all over the floor. You're a klutz. Uh, you're not a klutz. You're Damn. awesome. Wow. But still, <laughs> but nonetheless, you really shouldn't spill that soup. Do your best. Um, the point is, you do have more choice in your life than you might think by way of what society leads you to believe or what past experiences led you to see within yourself. Don't let yourself fall into the rut of predestiny. Push forward and make your own path. It's hard, but it's possible and very fulfilling. Just do that thing. Also, eat more beans and don't and eat more soup. Don't spill your soup. Eat that soup. Eat the soup. soup.